Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sangai Nation, welcome to the show on another Friday afternoon. As we wrap up Authors Month here, real fast before we jump into things with our guest, if you were looking for some professional wrestling in the next couple of days tonight WCWO in Indianapolis, Indiana FGW in Hamilton, Ohio EU in Garden City, Michigan Unleashed in Piedmont, Alabama and for Count Grog out of Gouge Wrestling I promised I would plug Dead and Company playing tonight and tomorrow in Chicago, Illinois at Wrigley Field Tomorrow night, BMFX in Lafayette, Indiana, PPW in Flint, Michigan, Supreme Wrestling in Madison, Indiana, CCW in Port St. Lucie, Florida, PAPW in East Haven, Connecticut, Blue Collar Wrestling having a combination pro wrestling and comedy show in Portland, Oregon at 7525 Richmond Avenue. NYCW in Buffalo, New York, SVW in Athens, Georgia, and TWE in Red Bank, Tennessee. But without further ado, myself, sign guy, and my host, the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because his favorite food of all time is avocado toast. Coach Mike Jones, we are pleased to bring today someone we've been anxious to have on the show. He is an author of books. He is former promoter of Real Pro Wrestling. He is someone that knows more actual grappling skills than most. Jake Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, guys. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you. Well, since today's your first time on our show, I will lead you off with our traditional first-timer question. What led to you getting into wrestling? Uh, I got started when I was a little kid. My mom put me in wrestling. Uh, uh, I was in the peewees, so I started wrestling really early. And, uh, you know, I did not recognize it really as a martial art of any kind of sort. So uh, in the 80s, I got very interested in um, the karate kid or whatever. So I did a bunch of martial arts. And then lo and behold, when I was going to college, the very first UFCs, uh, the first two or three were held here in Denver where I live. And I went to it, and it was like an epiphany. And all of a sudden, all the wrestling I'd done as a kid might have an application and so I got really involved. Um, now, the problem is that I was so, I was like an early adopter. I was so early in on the uh, mixed martial arts scene, I didn't have any connections. I didn't know anybody. I didn't, I had no way of getting involved in competing or anything like that. So I would go train and whatnot and where I could, ended up moving to California, uh, but still just couldn't make anything go. We're talking about 95, 96 1995, 1996, and uh, I was dating this girl. She was a, a stripper, and I was really hot after this girl and trying to impress her, and she was really into pro wrestling. And I guess this was probably maybe by this time, this was probably 97, 98. It was like the, uh, the attitude era had really started in full swing. And I thought, you know what, man? Let me try my hand at pro wrestling. And, uh, and I had some modest success at it. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. I ended up touring uh, with the Vans Warp Tour in 2001, which was kind of cool. Russell Vampiro in the Toronto Sky Dome. Trained with Ultimo Dragon down in Mexico. But, you know, ultimately my heart was always in actual competitive grappling. Uh, and I didn't like the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu stuff that much. So um, a bunch of the old-timers 
uh, with the Cauliflower Alley Club recommended that I start looking into catch wrestling. And I was like, man, this is my jam. This is like halfway, one foot in pro wrestling, one foot in, in competitive grappling. And from then on, I just, uh, everything has been about uh, catch, catch can wrestling for me. Well, you wrote a book on the subject called Say Uncle Catches Catch Can Wrestling. What led to you going so far as to write a book on the subject? Well, you know, I had done a lot of research in the past and um, realized that there wasn't that much information on the subject. So I figured, man, I can't be the only one trying to figure this kind of stuff out. So... Um, so I decided to write a book and, uh, yeah, it worked out good. I had a lot of connections to old timers, um, because of my interest and, um, yeah, the rest is history. Um, you had a lot of connections to people that would know wrestling, that would know the history of catches, catch can and that sort of thing. How easy was it getting connected to people in the book world that were able to help get the book published, shelves, that type of thing? Yeah, I. Um, it's funny because the one of my uh, a very close friend of mine, his name's Bob Calhoun, um, and he was a wrestler uh, that I knew in the um, that I knew when I was on the Warp tour. And he, um, oh, sorry about my dogs. Um, and he uh, had actually gotten a deal to help write Gene LaBelle's um, uh, biography, autobiography. And I told, um, I told Bob, my friend Bob, I was like, hey, man, you know, I want to publish a book. Can I talk to your guys? And he gave me some pointers, and I put together a proposal and approached uh, ECW Press and published it. But I had already self-published probably five or six books by this time. So I had a bunch of material ready uh, to present to ECW, and they liked it. And in 2011, they published uh, Say Uncle, which was my first book with them. And then a year later, Robinson's uh, biography, because I was very close with Billy Robinson, called Physical Chess a year later. Uh, like you said, you were tight with Billy Robinson, and he, for the fans that aren't familiar with him, was one of the great technicians in the wrestling business. Uh, he knew catches, catch can wrestling. He was what, in the business, they would call a shooter. He knew all the submissions, all the holds. He also was very adept at professional wrestling, and a lot of people today will forget he also was the star of the movie The Wrestler along with Vern Gagne and Ed Asner. Did you ever go back and watch that aspect of Billy Robinson's career where he was doing the movie and he was doing uh, more comedic things with Lord Alfred Hayes late in his career? Yeah, I've I've watched a lot of old uh, Billy's old matches. Um, the the movie The Wrestler is actually, um, if you're into technical wrestling, I mean, the, you know, it, the movie is an older movie from the mid '70s. Um, it was a big movie at the time, uh, but you know, it's just one of the. It's an old movie, so it doesn't hold up that well in terms of like just sitting down to watch it. But if you're a wrestling fan, it's very interesting to watch has a young Ric Flair in it and, you know, all the other guys like uh, Dick the Bruiser and, and some other guys like that. Um, uh, but there's a lot of really great technical wrestling in it. And, you know, uh, even Bill's, uh, Billy's old wrestling matches, even though they were works, you have to understand there was no place for these guys, guys like Billy, guys like Carl Gotch, guys like Lou Fez, uh, Gene LaBelle, to really make a real living doing shooting like it just didn't exist UFC didn't really exist so um you know the next best thing was to do the pro wrestling and uh you know Billy had quite a uh a legendary career um you know I think he was probably best known for his time in uh, AWA but you know it had a tremendous impact upon the Japanese scene as well 
definitely so. You were involved in something very, very unique that really piqued my interest when I saw what was happening, and that is the uh, real professional wrestling. It was sort of a combination of catch-as-catch-can, the Olympics, and professional wrestling, and the rules were very unique. It was professional wrestling rules, but done with catch-as-catch-can wrestling, if that makes sense to the listeners. It's kind of hard to describe verbally what uh, you were doing, but can you tell us what led you to develop that, and how hard was it to pull off getting it in front of the fans? Yeah, so so actually the name of it is uh, Shoot Pro Wrestling, not not Real Pro Wrestling. Real Pro Wrestling actually was a promotion that was run uh, in the 2000s, but it was run by amateur wrestlers, and so it had um, it was a little weird. It didn't cross over that well, uh, just because the rules of amateur wrestling are pretty uh, obscure and hard to follow for people who aren't huge fans. Um, so, I, you know, I had been wanting uh, to bring Catch as Catch Can as a style back. Like, it's something that I've been working on since 2003, um, very consciously. And in 2007, I had been working with Carl Gotch on a set of rules that we could run to have open tournaments where just anybody could drop 30, 40 bucks, enter a tournament, get three or four matches, maybe win, maybe lose, whatever. But they could test themselves against the rule set, which is, is a pretty grueling rule set, but has a lot of history in, in the United States. I mean, it's where uh, amateur wrestling comes from, pro wrestling comes from, you know, submission grappling comes from it. So um, it, it's, it's a pretty neat sport, and it just hadn't been practiced in like a hundred years. So um, I put the rules together with Carl for, for, um, for uh, the King of Catch Wrestling is what my tournaments were called. But um, I uh, had uh, that we'd had that going since 2007, but after uh, lockdowns and COVID, I, I kind of sat down and started thinking about what I needed to do to take this to the next level. And um Hold on, I'm going to switch over to my phone real quick just because my earbuds are dying here. Hold on. No problem. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay, great. So uh, I started thinking what I needed to do to take it to the next level. And, you know, the thing is, is um, I realize how big the market for professional wrestling is and how institutionalized it is in the United States. What a part, you know, it's such a big part of the fabric of the culture. And so, you know, I, I, I would watch this pro wrestling stuff and I would see like, man, there's all kinds of stuff. There's uh, like tables matches and can you, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So there's like, I'm hearing some weird beeping, but I'm not sure what's going on. Um, you know, there's like tables matches. There, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And um, I was like, well, how come there's like every other kind of wrestling, but they're not allowing shoot wrestling. So I, I just decided to start out my own promotion, to be honest. And I said, you know, this, I have a real, nobody is doing this. Nobody in, in the world has done this. I'm the first person to do this. I said, what if we took pro wrestling and fully made it competitive, booked it with high level athletes and did a show. You know, now I had to tweak some of the rules to make it actually workable because, you know, you can't have uh, chair shots or foreign objects or things of that. And you have to make it actually workable. But, um, you know, we ran uh, our first show, which we had a, tag, uh, a competitive professional wrestling tag team match in the main event, which was amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, I put it on uh, Facebook live for free. And we had over 20,000 uh, views. And I was like, man, I want some here. So from then on, I just kind of leaned into it, and we've uh, had two more shows. We now have a middleweight champ and tag team champions. We had a, uh, an entire tag team uh, tournament, um, and we have tag team champions. And now we just did our middleweight tournament uh, a couple months ago. So it's, it's really amazing. You can check it out, anybody who's interested. I just go to uh, shootprowrestling.com, 
And if you go there, you can. Uh, I have the last pay per view. I have it up there for free. People can watch it, or you can type in Shoot Pro Wrestling in YouTube, and the last three shows are there for free as well. Well, at this point, my co-host Coach Mike Jones is with us, and I know Coach has questions to ask of you, so I will pass things over to him for a bit. Hey, Jake, how you doing? Good, brother. What's going on, man? Man, I'm really excited and honored and proud to have you on. I really enjoy all your work, your uh, motivational talks, and your story, everything. Man, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, uh, yeah, I've already been excited hearing what you had to offer so far. Tell us about your match match with Vampiro. You guys seem like a pretty even matchup, even though my money's always on you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, of course it was a work. We I was working with the uh, Vans Warp Tour. This was 2001. It was right before 9/11. Uh, I think my match was in August, <laughs> uh, 9/11, and uh, we were in Toronto. It was the last show, and. Um, he, uh, Vampiro is very close with the guys from Rancid, you know, that punk rock band. And those guys are huge yeah. fans of pro wrestling. So they were, those, the Rancid guys were always, they were on the tour with us. So they were always coming and hanging out with us. Well, when we hit Montreal, I think they called up uh, Vampiro and was like, man, hey, you want to get on this thing and, and wrestle in front of all these people for the Warp Tour? And he was down and every single person in the, in the wrestling group was like scared to wrestle Vampiro, and I was like, "Well, shit, man, let's go. I'll, I'll wrestle you." And so we had a really nice match. He, 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 great guy, dude. Super, super great guy. Um, fun match. Fun match. Uh, of course, he was the big name, so put him over. But you know, I mean, he's he's a pro, uh, upside down and sideways. And I guess he's a real tough guy too. I guess he did a bunch of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and does like Guardian Angels and stuff like that. So. Um, it was a nice, it was a nice, he was probably the biggest name I ever wrestled. So it was, it was a great match. Okay, cool. And then, Hey, who were some of your heroes growing up, whether it was wrestling, uh, sports or ordinary life? Okay. You know, um, I, I'm going to be totally honest. Like I actually was not really that much into professional wrestling <laughs> growing up. I actually went to a couple matches. My dad took me to some shows at McNichols Arena here in Denver. I remember seeing Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Ric Flair and a few other guys. But I never really got into it. It just never appealed to me. Um, And then uh, in college, I got very obsessed. Uh, This is probably 1995, 96, with Andy Kaufman. This was before the movie, before anybody really knew who he was. And I was working at a video store. Uh, in the Bay Area, um, and they, um, you know, they had all these obscure tapes, and they had "I'm from Hollywood," which was the documentary that he made, that Andy Kaufman made about his uh, journey into pro wrestling. And I was so fascinated because I've always been a bit of a comedy uh, nerd. I used to collect comedy albums, and and uh, so <laughs> honestly, my real first passion for pro wrestling came through Andy Kaufman. He was probably my biggest hero uh, to begin with. I really, really loved what he was able to do in terms of generating heat and building interest and drawing crowds. Nice. What about in sports or martial arts or ordinary life? Well, you know, I'd always been into um, martial arts uh, growing up, so I always liked uh, Bruce Lee. He was always a huge, huge um, uh, point of inspiration for me. Um, Jackie Chan as well. Um, I, you know, he wasn't so much your you know, like hardcore martial artist. I don't think anybody ever really looked at him that way. But I always appreciated what he was able to bring again because I was a comedy like a fanatic for comedy, and I really loved his approach. It was like slapstick comedy in a Kung Fu movie, and I thought it was brilliant. So those two guys were always huge for me growing up. But um, it all really changed for me in 1994 when I, I think I was probably 20, 21 years old, and I saw the first well, – it actually was UFC 2, but it was my first UFC. And to see both Ken Shamrock and Hoist Gracie, I'd never heard of either one of them prior. 
But when I saw them in the in the ring, it just absolutely just blew my mind, captured my imagination. And from that moment on, I was like, I need to figure out what they are doing. And that literally changed the whole course of my life. All right, nice. Okay, and then uh, what's some of the most memorable matches you've either seen or been involved with? And that is uh, pertaining to pro wrestling or martial arts or any t- grappling? Yeah, okay. So, you know, uh, I think pro wrestling would probably be uh, the match that I had with Vampiro. Um, I did have a match with a, with a, a, with a, a friend of mine, Chan, and uh, we ended up having a botch, and I totally messed him up, and I feel bad. That was totally memorable and not a good way. Uh, we knocked heads, and I ended up breaking his uh, cheekbone, and uh, that was always sticks out of my mind, unfortunately. You know, people who've never done pro wrestling don't realize how dangerous it actually is, and it's been my experience. You know, a lot of my injuries that I've racked up over the years um, have been because of pro wrestling. It's just so hard on the body, you know, it's like stunt work. Um, uh, with regards to, to submission grappling, I think probably, you know, I had a couple matches that, that I really, I was never like really big. I wanted to do MMA and I wanted to, I just was never connected. And then I started uh, messing around with like the, the grappling scene and I ended up probably the best guy I ever faced in submission grappling was at a, um, it's called Grappler's Quest, and it was in Las Vegas. I think this has got to be probably 2004, 2005, and it was a guy named John Wood. He runs a um, a big gym out in Vegas now called Syndicate MMA, and he's a stud, really good wrestler, really good uh, jiu-jitsu, all that kind of stuff. And we wrestled, and you know, we it went on and on and on, and then finally he got me with this this move, and it just stuck in my head. It pissed me off. I was like, I wanted to beat him so bad. And it really stuck in my head forever and ever and ever. And uh, when I ultimately started training with Billy Robinson, you know, of course, I was like, Billy, this guy beat me. It kills me. I wanted to win so bad, and I didn't. And, and I was like, what? he's like, well, what did you do? And, and we walked in, and he showed me this simple trick, and it just kills me because that trick I've gotten a ton of guys with now, but it's such a killer move. And I'm like, damn, if I had only trained with Billy, uh, you know, maybe about – Five years earlier, um, I would have really had some some pretty amazing wins under my belt. Um, I, you know, the the other um, match that I had, I honestly don't remember it, but it changed my life forever because it actually forced me to medically retire. And I don't even know which match it was, to be honest. But um, I I remember that I had had like. I wrestled somebody, and it has to be sometime around 2006, 2007. And I don't know who it was because I was wrestling just whoever and whatever. And um, But I ended up, long story short, getting a uh, carotid artery dissection. And my uh, left carotid artery completely collapsed. And I didn't even oh. know. I didn't know this for well over 10 years. Um, and I was suffering like mini strokes and all, all kinds of crazy stuff. And I didn't know because I didn't know the, um, you know, the symptoms of a stroke and I, I had no, it just was not well known. And, um, I was actually in the UK right just before COVID and I was coaching and I ended up, um, having a massive blood clot. Um, and when I came back to the States, they scanned me and they were all freaked out. And they're looking on my, my uh, it was in my left arm. And as they're going up my left arm, they're like, oh, my God, it's really clotted. Blah, blah, blah. And they go up to my neck, and they're like, holy crap, your neck is clotted too. I'm like, Jesus, this is awful. Well, come to find out, the neck thing was actually from probably 2007, 2006, 2008, somewhere in that era. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, I had um, uh, <laughs> complete uh, destruction of that carotid artery. So, um, I, I didn't know until, you know, I finally medically retired in 2013 because I just was getting lightheaded because, you know, you're getting like half the amount of oxygen <laughs> that a normal person would. And I was always very, very much like a conditioning type of athlete. Like I may have lacked in um, technique or this, that, but I always could go and go and go and just wait until my opponent got tired and then force my will on them then when they're tired. But, man, I could not go. I was not getting enough oxygen. I was getting lightheaded. And then my right arm, you know, because the carotid is on the left, 
with the blood going to the left brain, but the left brain controls the right side of your body. My right arm stopped working. And I just was like, dude, this is just too dangerous. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And so I retired, but I always was really messed up in my head. I was pretty depressed about it, to be honest. And it was always a challenge because I just was like, man, you know, am I just being a pussy or what was going on? Well, when I ended up getting that diagnosis, it just connected all the dots for me. I was like, oh, my God, everything makes sense. So, um, wow. you know, it, it's definitely been a, a memorable ride, but now I'm very much about trying to raise awareness for, for grappling athletes about, you know, just a – it's a hard sport, man. And just like any sport, you can have injuries. But the, the reason I think I got the injuries because I started out so early and we just trained dumb. Like, I'd try to fight out of chokes. You know, if somebody got a choke on me, I, w- I just wouldn't tap, which is what I should have done. I should have just been, oh, okay, you got me, tap. No big deal, so I could play again. But I'd sit there and try to fight out of it. And one of them, I think, you know, the, an artery is not as hard as bone. <laughs> you know what I mean? So just the constant, like, attacking of, like, bone or, or fabric against the carotid just destroyed it. So, um, you know, I really like to make young grapplers aware like guys it's just a game i know there's a lot of testosterone a lot of pride on the line or whatever but if somebody gets you man it's it's better just to tap and live to fight another day instead of you know stroking out on the mat or whatever wow what a story and what a blessing that you overcome that and you're still here today my goodness and then uh yeah, very lucky only... very lucky man yeah. i'm like i feel like total blessed and then I have a sort of a short story pertaining to that. I've had one amateur MMA fight, which I won with a third-round TKO, but I was able to escape a rear-naked choke, which... <laughs> I mean, it's there, dude, right? Like, and you should save it for that. You should save that kind of stuff for when you're in a match, not when you're yeah. just fooling around in the, in the gym. Yeah, well, no, this was an it, actual it, MMA... Uh, Amateur MMA fight. Yeah. Uh, where, uh, you know, just because I've, where I come from, it's like you don't really lose, you know? And it's like our reputation and our dieheartedness and our never say die. But I was able to escape it and still win, but you're nice. right. It's really not that important. <laughs> well, what not, it is when you're a young man and, you, you know, you're up and on stage in front of a bunch of people and there's this pressure and, you know, you want to win. But, you know, I get, looking back, I could still be wrestling, dude, and it kills me because it's like my favorite thing in the world. But I can't. I can't. Well, I mean, grappling. Like, I can't because I just, yeah, I have one karate, dude. I'm, like, driving on a spare. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But, but yeah, it's uh, it's like concussions, right? Like, back in the day, in the gym, everybody's full-on sparring, and it's not a ma- it's not like a show. It's just practice. But everybody's hitting each other as hard as they can and wondering why everybody's concussed and got CTE yeah. and stuff. When, you know, you should save that for the show. Exactly, yeah. Okay, and then we have a couple standard questions we ask. One of them, I'm sure Sign Guy would like to know, what your favorite coffee to drink is? Oh, <laughs> I just like normal drip coffee with a little bit of cream in it. That's it. Okay. And then we have, sometimes we have people write in with questions, and also sometimes they're off-the-wall questions. This one comes <laughs> from Kurt Ferris. Kurt Ferris would like to know, if Jake Shannon was the choreographer for Three Counts Dance Routines, in WCW. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what would I, what, what do you want to know? What I would do? I mean, I don't even know what the hell that is. What is a three count dancer? Three count. Like? Three count was Shannon Moore. Um, who were they again? Sign. Oh, they were like a boy band gimmick. Yes. Of course you wasn't. He just wanted to know. <laughs> so, of course not. That's hilarious. Yeah. Not. Unfortunately, I don't follow pro wrestling that much. I, You know, who the only, the only pro wrestling I really got into, I still follow New Japan. I like New Japan a lot. And I, I like 
NXT 1.0. I do not watch 2.0 at all, but I really liked the first uh, iteration of NXT a lot. A lot of great actual technical wrestling. Yeah, that's pretty much like me. I watch New Japan and sometimes AEW, yeah. All right, so who are some of your favorite people to work with? Oh, man, that's a long list. There's, you know, there's so many great guys uh, in this business. Um, You know, pro wrestling-wise, you know, I ended up working with some guys um, that were pro wrestling NOAA-affiliated, Mike Modest and Donovan Morgan and Bison Smith. Um, They had a a gym in Hayward called Pro Wrestling Iron, and I, I really enjoyed working out there. I made some great friends and some really tough guys. I, I liked it because it was more of the Japanese style of pro wrestling, and we would actually uh, shoot in, in practice. And I really loved that. That felt very good for me. Those guys were great. Um, who else? You know, it, a lot of the, my mentors have been just fantastic guys. Um, you know, guys like Billy Robinson, guys like Carl Gotch, they have such a – sometimes they have such a, a, a reputation for being – uh, mean or nasty, and I never had that. But you know, I think they respected that I just came from a legit wrestling background, like a uh, like grappling. So they, I never had a problem with them. They were always nothing but kind. Gene LaBelle, uh, one of the greatest people that, and he helped me a lot. I love Gene LaBelle. Um, Nick Bockwinkle was really nice to me. Uh, Red Bastine, uh, super helpful. Red Bastine was really great to me. Uh, who else? Billy Wicks, Dick Cardinal, um, a guy that I work with now named Wade Chalice, who is the Guinness record holder for the most wins and pins of all in, in all of wrestling, um, on, you know, documented by Guinness. Um, so many great names, man. I could keep you here all day. <laughs> okay. All right. And then uh, some of these questions you might have touched on a little bit, but I'm sure our fans would like to know the whole thing of like, uh, did you play sports in high school or growing up? Um, I did growing up. So I started Pee Wee wrestling in, man, I think it was 1978 or 77. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Um, and then I did, like, um, uh, Little League baseball. I loved playing basketball. Uh, then I got really deep into karate. I got my black belt by the time I was 15. But uh, when I was going into high school, I ended up going to a high school out here in Colorado called Pomona. They've got the best wrestling team. And I wanted to try out for the wrestling team, but I ended up getting cancer when I was 15 years old. Oh. And that's oh, yeah, I remember that. all of my stuff. Yeah, it took me out for about two years, two or three years. And so by then, I was already graduated. I went to a college that didn't have a wrestling program. And I, got, I just went right back into martial arts. And that's what led me into uh, the UFC. I was uh, going to the Boulder uh, YMCA uh, for judo when the UFC came. And after that, I was like, man, I got to figure this out. So mostly it's mostly been martial arts and grappling related. Okay. And then, uh, you know, I was, it was, I was able to hear your uh, story growing up and your martial arts background and stuff, but I'm not sure the fans know all about it. What's your self-defense background? I mean, mostly, you know, so I have a black belt in Taekwondo, and honestly, it's not very valuable. Um, I think it was valuable mostly in terms of, like, being able to uh, learn discipline and self-control and that kind of stuff, but the techniques are not really applicable in uh, self-defense. I think, you know, things like judo and wrestling have been pro- – and, and submission grappling and catch have been the best for self-defense. But, you know, again, those are all sports. And, you know, like, I'm not a big advocate of people trying to teach other people self-defense. I think if you want to learn self-defense, you need to either have a good – this was told to me by uh, Fujiwara of Fujiwara Armbar fame. He said he was asked the same question. He's a friend of mine, and he was asked the same question, and he said, have a good pair of running shoes. And I agree with that. <laughs> I think you need to, like, if you're serious about self-defense – you know, you got to just get over all the fake tough guy platitude bullshit. Like, if you're really serious about self-defense, carry a knife, carry some sort of uh, mace, have a concealed carry, like, and be really good at, like, 
de-escalation and just be situationally aware. I'm I, I'm not a big fan of like the the martial arts sales pitch. I think that gets a lot of people hurt when they could just avoid it. Okay. Now, in, in Taekwondo, did they teach you how to count to 10 in Korean? Yeah, Hana dual set. I can't remember it all because that was like <laughs> 35 years ago. I know. I got one, two, I know, three, though. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Stefan Bonner told we could count them off himself, yes, because he started out in the same. Exactly. Yeah, all and right. then, uh, like, in, in judo, it was like, uh, I can still count to 10 because of judo. But <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> all right. And then, so, who were some of your toughest opponents in your lifetime so far? You know, uh, I, I'm kind of a gym wrestler, to be honest with you, because I started so early, and then I, I started having injuries, and I converted over. So, you know, some of my toughest uh, – I'd say probably my best opponent that I had uh, was uh, a guy that it, it, you know, people would only know from catch wrestling circles – his name's uh, Luis Ojeda. He's a very good friend of mine. He's like a brother now, but um, he's a big guy, a heavyweight. He's, I think at the time he probably was like 210. I naturally run about 185. And uh, he challenged me to a match, and he's, he's won several King of Catch Wrestling tournaments. And uh, so he challenged me to a match, and we had, a, we had a really good go. The only thing that kills me is we never had a rubber match because – uh, we wrestled, he won one, then I won one, and then we just didn't finish out the day. So, uh, I'd say probably my, my buddy, Luis, that was probably my best. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Cause also, cause it went back and forth. So it was like to overly dramatize it. It was like the, uh, you know how, um, in the Rocky movies with Apollo Creed and Rocky, where they go back and forth and then they become pals. It was like that. All right. Yeah. And then at the gym, I work out at and train. It's called Fitness Quest in Washington here. Uh, the owner is named Brad Schwartz. He just won his seventh world grappling title for over 60 in Poland just last week. Oh, and nice. So with, the, uh, with, with Fila, huh? Yeah. Um, it's very impressive. So, yeah, it was his seventh world championship. And we're still looking forward to getting you up here one of these days. But we do have Mark Schultz coming. Uh, Mark, yeah, oh. Mark Schultz is coming. Mark Schultz is Mark coming is up. A uh, nice, yes, he's coming up uh, July 16th at UFC Fit Gym, and so he's the next one to be coming in the area. But yes, I definitely still got you on the list and want to get you up here really bad. Well, well, let's go, dude. Let's go. I'll show you all the tricks, man. It's I, I, you know, I will say this. I've spent the last 20 plus years really trying to figure out everything I could about this catch-as-catch-can style and really just humbled myself before guys like Billy and, and Carl and, and Dick Cardinal and Gene LaBelle to learn as much as I could. There's a, an incredible repertoire of stuff. But I want to say this about Mark Schultz. You know, Mark Schultz is a great guy. Um, he, back in, this had to be 2004, um, I was working out with him, and he, um, I was out in uh, L.A. at the time, and he ended up helping me get set up to where I could run my wrestling club out of the Santa Monica High School wrestling gym. He knew the, the head coach there real well, and he vouched for me. And I ended up running a club there. And it's funny because that was the time when Ronda Rousey was there going to high school. And she, uh, everybody was telling her to come take my class, but her mom wouldn't let her because it, uh, she would only let her do classes that were uh, judo. Oh, Wow. So imagine how blessing. cool that would have been to have Ronda Rousey in my in my catch wrestling club way, way back in uh, 2000, what was that, 2004, 2005. Wow, what a blessing to, to be able to do that. I'm sure that got you extra students and more notoriety and everything. Well, you know, that's all, that was all uh, Mark Schultz uh, really helped me with that. Like, he was he, – He's a really great guy. He's had a real rough go, but, you know, that guy is tougher than hell. And he knows a ton, so you guys are going to learn it. You're going to have a great seminar with him. He's a guy I wish would get out there more, but, you know, he gets kind of squirrely. Like, he just, uh, you know, I think he gets kind of burned by the public persona shit and just doesn't want to deal with it, and then he just turns into a recluse. But that guy has a a plethora of knowledge. You you guys are going to have a great seminar with him. Mark's great. 
Nice, and they got like 200 spots available, and it's a two-day seminar. So, man, yeah, we are looking forward well, to that. Send me send me links, and I'll push it out too because, I mean, everybody should try to learn from Mark. Okay, thank you. And, man, you've had such impressive endorsements some of the, from top people in the world, uh, Paulson, uh, Matthew Granahan, uh, Simon Gotch. I mean, list goes on. Uh, uh, Josh Barnett. My goodness, that that says a lot in itself. Well, thanks a lot. You know, I mean, I'm just, I'm really, to be honest with you, I think they anything that they find of value in the work that I've done really just comes from the fact that I'm really totally obsessed with the with with the subject. Um, that's why you know I've I've spent so much time with scientific wrestling and developed these tournaments and done all these firsts and things of that nature. I'm just absolutely obsessed with it. And I have super duper high standards, you know, so it is a, a true blessing and I'm very humbled by that. Um, and I think honestly, that's, that's really where my value add comes is I, I really throw myself completely into it. And, and I really try to do uh, a really world level job if I can, you know, Yes, and then uh, I really enjoy your uh, Times Chan and your your uh, No One program. Oh, and yeah, And then, thanks. you know, people like my brother, they're really successful. He's got his own tow truck business. Now he does auctions and classic cars. And I started telling him about you, and he's all skeptical. Yeah, you can look at uh, Tony Robbins and this guy and that guy. What makes you think he's legit? And I'm like, dude, he is. So uh, anyway, tell us a little bit about your uh, no one in times ten. Well, so so uh, yeah, so that uh, the the no one thing is actually um, it's kind of a play on words, right? Because you've got the n and the o and the one, which if you read it that way, it's like you said, no one. And then if you read it in another way, it's number one, right? You so are number one. The whole yes. idea, yeah. So the whole idea of the program is how to go from being no one. To number one, like, what is that journey like? What's it like? You know, I've been around so many champions and tried to distill their mindset and what they do to go from being just like everybody else to being number one in their field. But it's not just with, with grappling and wrestling and martial arts. It's also in business. I'm, I'm very, very much, those are my two passions are grappling, in particular catch wrestling and business, and in particular in business, entrepreneurship and growing and, and developing companies. So um, I've had, you know, some uh, – I'm proud of the success that I've had as an entrepreneur. I launched the very first um, – I don't know if you've heard of these things, reverse mortgages. I launched the first reverse mortgage consultancy, still going to this day. Um, I invented uh, the Mace Bell, which is – you see people swinging those all the time. Um, obviously, all this stuff is scientific wrestling. You know, I've helped take my, my wife's um, uh, software company to be uh, in the very top of the field in its uh, vertical. I'm, like, absolutely obsessed with it. I have my master's degree in financial mathematics. I worked in investment banking and mortgage banking for a number of years. So, um, you know, the whole thing is, and, and, the, and the 10X is, is not mine. That is actually a program that I believe in. Um, and just like I kind of sat at the feet of Billy Robinson and Carl Gotch and Wade Chalice and Dick Cardinal and uh, Billy uh, or um, uh, Gene LaBelle and all these other guys, um, that's in wrestling. In business, um, you know, I've had all kinds of great mentors, but probably my the most influential on me is a guy named Grant Cardone. And so um, I really try to help push and promote his ideas as well because. I believe in the American dream, despite what any bureaucrats, politicians, what, whoever, and it could be from the left or the right, and they're all freaking jackasses as far as I'm concerned. I believe in the American dream, and the American dream is that anybody here, if they really work hard and work smart, they can succeed. And I think that, you know, that really needs you know, to be revived in our, in our world. I don't think a lot of people have that kind of hope and that kind of drive and it and it's sad because it's all there it's there within all of us. So, you know, those are really my efforts at trying to educate people to make more money, to make their lives better, to 
do all that. It's not Tony Robbins kind of stuff. It gets confused. That's like called personal development, you know, so it's all like, and I don't blame anybody. I'm not really into it myself. It's all like rah-rah cheerleading stuff. What I do is business development. So I'm trying to not make people, I mean, you, I believe you'd be personally developed better by learning business and learning martial arts and wrestling. So I don't, I don't, I don't really subscribe to all that uh, kind of Tony Robbins stuff, but I do really believe that everybody should learn how to run their own business or how to make money, that kind of stuff. So all the stuff that, that it sounds like your, your brother or your brother-in-law, the guy with the tow truck business and doing options should be doing, you know what I mean? Everybody can do that. There's no reason why yeah. everybody shouldn't do it. And that's what those are about. Okay. Awesome. And then what are some suggestions you have for people besides I know one of yours is is to give you a, a call and ask for a 15-minute uh, consultation, which I will be doing soon. Yeah, man. I, like, so part of that is that I'm willing to talk to anybody for at least 15 minutes to see if there's something where, where I can help you or I can give you some sort of information or knowledge or whatever, just even to, to – to, to, to shoot the shit, but um, I'm willing to give anybody that amount, that amount of time while I can. I mean, my schedule is like absolutely nuts, so I don't know how much I'm going to be able to actually do that and give people that level of access, but I'm always willing to do that because I do want to help people. I, it's really important to me. Nice. And then uh, what schools do you suggest for people? Uh, with regards to what, like to martial arts or business or what? Martial arts, wrestling, and business. So, you know, uh, there's a number of them out there, man. Like, I mean, the main thing is is, is just go. <laughs> you know, like if you're not going someplace, you just got to find the nearest place to you. That could be the YMCA, right? The YMCA, a lot of them still have like a judo program or whatever. You, gotta, you just got to get active and doing something. Now, if you have a lot of options, you know, my, my recommendation would be, like, you need to find, you know, who do you idolize? What do you want to learn? Like, for me, I could have gone and I learned with Gracie's. I learned with uh, boxers. I learned with martial artists, all kinds of stuff. But at a certain level, I was like, okay, I, I, I want to I learn what Billy Robinson has to teach. And I focused, and I, for seven years, was Billy's right-hand man. And and I was mentored by Carl Gotch for four years. So, like, find the very best person that you can. Not everybody's going to be able to be like me and, and, and get close with somebody like Billy Robinson, but, but find the very best person that you can, that you can get with, and go and just train your ass off. So, you know, if I were to recommend anybody, I mean, obviously, come and work out with us, but – you know, it doesn't have to be us. You just have to get out there and doing it and try to get with the very best person that you can for what you're trying to accomplish. If you're wanting to be a kickboxer or a boxer or you're trying to be a, a wrestler or you're trying to be a, a jiu-jitsu guy or trying to be a pro wrestler, go train with the very best that you possibly can. Do it. Make the commitment. Burn the bridges. Go. Do it. Spend the money. Invest. Go and do it. Right on. And then... We have like 12 minutes left in the live show. How much time do you have left for you? You know, I'm running a little bit of sh uh, short on time only because I've got three kids here and it's summertime and on a Friday and they're all looking at me sideways trying to get me to take them out for a bike ride. But I'm here for, for as long as you'll have me if you got anything else for me. Okay, yes. I, I got a couple more things. Is uh, What do you got coming up? Oh man. So, um, yeah, I am always traveling. Like I'm like, if anybody watches my social media, um, I think you're going to have a hard time finding anybody who works harder than me. Um, there's a few, but those are usually my mentors and <laughs> they're the only people that I know. Um, I am next, let's see, July 10th, that weekend, I will be in San Diego. Um, we're running a um, catch as catch can training camp. I run about 10 of those, uh, eight to 10 of those every year in different cities. Um, before lockdown, we were international, but it's really gotten to be a pain in the ass and I'm not about to take the vaccine. So I just got to go to places where I can get in now. Um, but uh, the um, we've got one in San Diego coming up. It's people are interested. It's coaching catch 
com is the website. It has all the registration info and tells you what you get and what the offer is. Um, that's going to be a great time. Then I've got um, uh, my, one of my guys, he runs one of our affiliate gyms. I run an affiliate program. So let's say you own a boxing gym or a pro wrestling gym or you, uh, and you want to learn catch and you want to be able to teach catch and make money with it. Uh, we have a program. It's, uh, go to scientificwrestler.com. And one of my affiliate gyms, one of my guys, super tough guy, incredibly great guy. If you're down in the Phoenix area, his name is Gil, uh, Coach Gil. He's got a gym down there, and he's running um, uh, a King of Catch Wrestling tournament, the Arizona Catch Wrestling uh, Championships. That's going to be, man, I want to say that's the 16th of July. And then back in San Diego, um, I, I think it's the end of July. I'm not I'm, the date is slipping my mind, but we're doing a King Catch Wrestling dual tournament in San Diego uh, with my buddy uh, Luis. The one I was telling you that I had probably my favorite matches with uh, Luis Ojeda. He's running tournaments down in in uh, San Diego. And then when that's done, it starts all over again. I have to actually sit down here rather shortly and get my schedule going uh, for fall. Aiming to have uh, shoot pro wrestling. I'm probably going to run a light heavyweight and lightweight tournament on the same card to determine the champion for both of those divisions. And then a bunch of coach coaching catch tournaments and a bunch more uh, um, King of Catch Wrestling tournaments. Um, yeah, man, I'm just, my head gets swimming once I start actually thinking about my schedule. It's like so crazy. <laughs> best way, okay, best then... way is if, if somebody wants to get involved or, or look at that stuff, go to the Scientific Wrestling Instagram or just scientificwrestling.com. All right, and then how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, like that. That's probably the best. Um, you can also go to uh, to Number One Coaching or No One N O One Coaching.com. That's the business side of things. Or you can hit me up at Scientific Wrestling. Or you know, I'm on like every social with that. I'm mean, even on freaking TikTok. So you can just DM me on any of those. Just look up Scientific Wrestling, and you can get a hold of me. Okay, yeah, then you were one of the innovators in podcast and uh, radio back in the day, and uh, Turnbuckle's been going for over 10 years now with over 1,700 shows. It's been an honor wow. and a pleasure. Yes, it's Dude, been an honor and a pleasure. Congratulations. To have you, and Sign Guy is one of the uh, troopers to have that happen. Our founders were QT Vokes, who's on leave right now and i got to take his place thank goodness but uh like i said it's been an honor and pleasure to have you on we appreciate you so much we're so grateful to have you on and we wish you all the luck in the world i think my sign man, that, dude, that's impressive to have that many shows thank that's you. really impressive man that is awesome keep going and uh if i can ever help you guys i'm here and i appreciate the time i really do i, I appreciate you caring about what i'm doing we do. And uh, what, what about you, Sign? Oh, I would uh, just like to give them a chance if there's anything that uh, you want to say to the listeners, anything you want to plug and promote from the book to the seminars to any events you got coming up, anything at all, floor is yours. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, listen, uh, plug-wise – I think you guys have been very generous. Just scientificwrestling.com and and number one coaching, no1coaching.com. Those are the only things really that I care for people to, because they can get in touch with me. And then if I can help them either with grappling or business, I'm always happy to. Um, and, uh, you know, parting words, man, be great. Be great. Don't Don't just be average. Don't sit around. Don't worry about other people. Figure out what you want to do with your life and go for it. Commit. Don't don't look back. Just really put everything you have into what you want to accomplish. Don't worry about other people. Get what you need. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Best of luck to having a successful rest of your career. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us and enjoy the bike ride with your kids. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate the time. Take care. Have a great week. You're welcome. All right, fans, go pick up a copy of Say Uncle if you've not already. Give it a read. Research some of what Jake Shannon has done and get familiar with him. 
And then I was remiss a little bit earlier. Um, I want to point out that New South Wrestling in Lexington, Kentucky is putting on a show today. It is the Jim Chadwick Memorial Show. Jim Chadwick, of course, Turnbuckle Turmoil Hall of Fame member. So if you're anywhere near Lexington, get out there, support that show, and support what Jim Chadwick loved in the region. He was a big star. Coming up for us on Sunday, Caden Cassidy makes his way back to the show. We had Caden on several weeks ago. He is coming back for another go at it. And then one week from this very day on Canada Day, we will have Nick Hamrick, the handsome one out of West Virginia. So make sure you join us for that. Coach, anything else we got coming up? Yeah, we got... July 3rd will be a rare day off for Turnbuckle Turmoil, so we can celebrate the nation's holiday of independence. And then the 8th of July, we have Judge Jesse on. And then the 10th of July, Jason Stone. The 15th of July, Vince Steele. And Eric Wright on July 17th. And we're currently working on others, right? We are. We should have a few to announce in the next few days. So stay tuned for that for sure. Don't forget you can also follow me over on the Twitter at SignGuyHPW, but not literally because what is that, Coach? That's stalking. And creepy, yes. Okay, yeah. And you can also... uh... Okay, Coach. No, I interrupted you. I'll wait. Oh, I was just going to say you can also follow the Turnbuckle Turmoil Twitter ran by Dimitri at Turnbuckle underscore T. You can look us up on the Book of Faces, the Instagrams. Chicken Bob has all of it as well, so look for Chicken Bob's. He's very proud of his gram. He's a very social media-friendly chicken. Definitely, and it was nice to hear that you got to talk to QT this week. And uh, hopefully he'll be back one of these days. He is getting better, so we're hoping very soon, absolutely. Yeah, and they, they can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most. Also, Coach Mike Jones on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room. And also, you and I still are going to be doing the Seattle Mariners organizational report along with the Cincinnati Reds organizational report. And then my own podcast, the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast. And then Car in the Northwest, check out S&S Best Auto Sales in Auburn and tell them Wild Lyle and Coach Mike Jones sent you. We really appreciate all of you guys. Absolutely, and as we wrap it up, a quick happy birthday shout-out to Madman Pondo. He celebrates his birthday and his 32nd anniversary in the business of professional wrestling. So happy birthday and happy wrestling anniversary to Madman Pondo. Definitely. Would you like to sing him happy birthday? Uh, if you want to sing a coach, I'll let you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Pondo. Happy birthday to you and many more. Sign guy, he's so fly, he's never going to lie. Let me tell you why. He's better than hot dogs, baseball, and ha- apple pie, baby. Don't there we go. Happy birthday, Pondo. I hope that's show. the best gift you get today. All right, fans, <laughs> stay safe out there. Get out there. Support your local independent professional wrestling, wherever it may be near you. We'll be back with you soon. Stay safe out there and get out there and support that Jim Chadwick show. Definitely. That's right, everybody. You know who it is. Coach Mike Jones, I'm the coach with the most. Coming at you hard from coast to coast. I don't want to boast. 
But now I gotta risk you in my social media posts. You double dose, undiagnosed. You feeling tired, life is fired, now you're a ghost. I'll be your host, so won't you raise a toast to the coach with the most, Coach Mike Jones. Everybody say Coach Mike Jones. Now scream! 